This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today is Tony Jeff. He's president and CEO for Innovate Mississippi, a 501c3 organization that supports technical innovators and entrepreneurs. Are you a technology investor who needs getting help uh, with your product? Do you work at city government and want to attract technology production to your area? Or maybe you're an experienced business person who wants to mentor others. If you fit any of these descriptions, this may be the show for you. We're also going to take your personal finance questions. So call us this morning. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lockridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today, Tony Jeff. He is President and CEO for Innovate Mississippi, a 501c3 organization that supports technology innovators and entrepreneurs. Are you a technology inventor who needs help getting your product out there? Or do you work in city government and you want to attract technology production to your city? Maybe you're an experienced business person who wants to mentor others. If so, then the show might be for you today. Also, we're looking for any personal finance questions that you have. To give us a call, just dial 1-877-MPB-RING. The number is one 877 672-7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Reminder that if you miss part of the show, you can go to mpbonline.org slash money talks to listen again, uh, or you can download the MPB Public Radio app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone to MPB Think Radio on your schedule. So good morning. Hope that everyone is doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, before we jump into things, I, I thought that was interesting, that little bit on the news there that we, we heard before we came back, uh, the um, a new two-pound coin there in uh, Great Britain. I, I didn't think our, our money weighed that much. <laughs> Good well, one. Good one. <laughs> They've always had a two-pound coin, and one of the things they mentioned on there that uh, I think they said the two-pound coin honors Jane Austen, um, they're very good at on on their money, uh, or at least on their coins, as I remember, putting um, scientific and literary figures, uh, whereas ours are mostly kind of political, historical mm-hmm. figures. Um, but it makes their it makes their money very interesting and almost almost educational. When you're like, oh well, Isaac Newton quote on the side of the one pound <laughs> coin or something. And writers should know he went to college in England, so mm-hmm. you know, spent a few years over there. Sp- spent a few pounds over there too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, anything exciting happened this weekend? 
exciting. Um, I, I don't know. I think we're watching markets right now to see how they respond to this collapse on healthcare legislation and to what is perceived as continued gridlock in Washington. Um, also watching a, a decline in core retail sales that is a little bit concerning and um, even a decline in consumer confidence. So that may be a reflection of what we're seeing uh, happening in Washington, D.C. Also, uh, the summer is drawing to an end or getting close. So when when does uh, MC kick back off? Um, the third week of August. So it's coming fast. And, of course, our local public schools, the K-12, through will be starting before that. And I'm even hearing of some of our private schools basically starting – uh, the first week of August, so summer is over already. Yeah, someone told me the JPS uh, starts back on August 6th, which uh, certainly seemed rather early, although they, they get out um, earlier than other parts uh, of the country as well. And did I miss the sales tax weekend, or has it not happened yet? I don't think I've seen it. Have you I seen it? I want to say that's at the end of July. I want to say the 27th, 28th. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong. Always like to go shoe shopping when you don't have to pay sales tax. I know, shoes, shoes, shoes. <laughs> All right, let's uh, welcome our guest into the show. Tony Jeff is CEO for Innovate Mississippi, an organization that supports technical uh, innovators and entrepreneurs. So, Tony, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you. I'm a fan of the show. I'm excited to be here. So if you want to give us a little bit of, uh, of your background. Well, so I was an uh, undergraduate engineer at Mississippi State uh, University, grew up here in Mississippi before leaving the state for most of 10 years, uh, and during that time, uh, did an MBA and graduate school at Northwestern. I had a startup of my own in Chicago that um, unfortunately didn't uh, continue as I would have liked. And so when, but uh, that's the way of startups, right? It, it is the way of startups, unfortunately, for many of them. And so when I heard of uh, uh, our organization, Innovate Mississippi, it uh, looked like a great opportunity to come back and work with startups here in Mississippi. And so what uh, exactly does Innovate Mississippi do to help uh, Mississippians and Mississippi business owners? So people now, they, the TV show Shark Tank so popular, they can think of us as the Mississippi Shark Tank. But essentially, we work with idea stage companies best, all the way up to companies that are already up and going. And, you know, there's a martial arts expression that you don't uh, fear the opponent that's practiced 10,000 kicks. You fear the opponent that's practiced one kick 10,000 times. And so we focus only in that innovation sector. If someone comes in with a service industry type position, retail, restaurants, we have others we can send them to. But we really only focus in technology and innovation, Mm -hmm. high growth opportunities, companies that are going to go big or go under in three to five years. So give us some examples of what's out there right now. So that's the fun part about our jobs is we see about 100 companies a year with ideas um, and uh, all over the map in terms of how exciting those ideas are. And and honestly, we never evaluate their ideas. They have to go to the market to do that. And so sometimes the ideas that we don't even think are that exciting turn into things that really are. Can you give us one that you thought, oh, this will never fly and you see it taking off? A perfect example of that is uh, young entrepreneur Keith Jasper started a company called V Sporto. And in 2010, he came to us and said he wanted to do full-time app-based radio for one sports team at a time. So you had 24-7 discussion of Mississippi State sports, Ole Miss sports, and other sports teams, each in an individual app. And our first questions were, well, how are you going to get all that content? 
And who's going to listen that intently to uh, that particular sports? He launched Bulldog Sports Radio, then Rebel Sports Radio. He now has 25 college teams, several professional teams. He's got listeners all over the world. I think it's 2.1 average listeners a month at this point. Um, And it's just been a tremendous success. And it wasn't that, again, we don't evaluate the idea. We just questioned what he would have to do to prove that the market wanted the idea. And he went out and did it. He went out and proved there was a market for that. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Tony Jeff, who's president and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. If you have a question for Tony or if you have a personal finance question that you uh, need uh, assistance with, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So, Tony, you mentioned the idea stage, and it sounds like that example you gave us is just that, that someone had an idea of what they thought would be a good business, uh, and they came to you. So what sorts of assistance uh, do you give them to help maybe bring that uh, idea into an actual business? So we really do like to engage them at the idea stage. It's just... um we feel like we can help them save time and money to do so at that stage. Although, again, people may come in even two years into a venture uh, that we work with. But typically, you know, we've begrudgingly come to accept the fact that people don't really come to us for advice. Uh, they almost all want money. Um, and so they're typically, I mean, I hate to disparage, but we often have, and I, I have an idea. I think it's such a great idea. If someone gives me a million dollars, I would go make this into something huge and they would become rich in the process and so that's just not the process for entrepreneurship and so we often will work with them first of all how can you do a prototype make sure that you the technology works put that prototype in the hands of a potential user get validation from the market that they want this product so do you give them technical help so if somebody has an idea but they need to connect with somebody who has the technical know-how Yes, often the person coming in is the technical person, and it's usually the other aspects, the business aspects, we're rounding out for them. However, we have prototype shops around the state that we can connect them with depending on the nature of their materials they're going to be using, the nature of their product. And and then we have mentors and service providers we connect them to. And the first question is almost always intellectual property. Uh, is this patentable, or does someone else have a patent that precludes you uh, being in that area? It protects area? it, right? And so we often will connect them to the, uh, the service providers, the accountants and attorneys to work out some of those pieces, and mentors always. So we have the mentors are free. The service providers you are going to have to pay, although our service providers that we have in our network understand sort of startups and know that they may have to wait a while for the pay or they may have to have you know flexible terms. So... Uh, well, once we make those connections, then we're working with them on a planning process and then plugging in those resources as they need them. And then ultimately, a lot of them will need investors and money. So that's why we have we manage a seed fund and, and have an investor network for them when they get to that stage. All right. Uh, why don't we go ahead and take our first break? When we get back, we will continue with our guest, uh, Tony Jeff, who's president and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. If you have a question about uh, Innovate Mississippi and how it works, uh, or if you have a personal finance question that you need help with, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more money talks after this.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson and Ryder Taft from New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Tony Jeff, who's president and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. We're talking about uh, the products and, well, the services that uh, Tony's company offers uh, to new uh, inventors, uh, people involved in um, in the, the technology field. Uh, so if you are interested in that and would like uh, more information or if you have a question, give us a call. Also, we're looking for any personal finance questions that you have. And our phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So, Tony, I know a lot of research goes on in our community colleges and universities. Are you able to uh, tap into the brain trusts in, in those uh, entities to, to help uh, um, new um, uh, entrepreneurs out? Yes, and I think there really are two functions that the universities and community colleges play a, a big role in. First is just the technology uh, transfer side, where a lot of the technologies developed, especially at the universities, have not just an idea behind them, but millions of dollars of research. The, the typically typical difficult thing in those is how to make sure that it's not a technology push, but a market pull, right? It's, it's gotta, the market has to determine what they need. Uh, and what technology can fill those needs more so than the technology being awesome, but then looking for the need. And so that's that's a lot of times we work with researchers uh, to make sure that connection is being made. But then the other side of that is there are just a lot of uh, student entrepreneurs and interest in entrepreneurship from the current wave of students. So that 40% of our deals are coming from uh, either soon-to-be graduates or recent graduates of universities in the state. They really don't want to go take a job with some big company, want to be entrepreneurs, and that ends up being a lot of the companies we work with. And we have several events we do to kind of focus and tap into that resource. And one, do you think it takes a, a, a special sort of person, maybe it's a, a, a kind of a drive? I would just curious as why do you think some people would rather strike out on their own as opposed to working, uh, maybe working their way up through an established uh, tech company? Well, and, and I would say, by the way, I do think that in many cases they're better off going into industry, get some good training experience, understand the industry better, at least for a few years before trying entrepreneurship. But I think they just all know the Mark Zuckerberg story, and they uh, <laughs> oh you know, yes, uh, and and it's, it is in some ways uh, just an exciting lifestyle, although uh, it's a lot of work, and they soon realize how much work it is to really make uh, these things happen. But if it's work you enjoy, then that's you know labor of love in that in that case, and and I think it is in some ways a lifestyle um, question. They um, don't have a lot of expenses at that age; they can afford to live off of. You know, if, I, if someone pays their rent, they can live off a few hundred dollars a month. Uh, and as a startup, uh, it's good to save in expenses that way. We have several teams that I do not understand how they manage <laughs> from a personal uh, finance standpoint to live. But that's what they want to do right now. They want to pour their money into their business and their time into their business. They're uh, working so much and not spending a lot of money. And so it, it's in some, it is very much a stage of life thing. I mean, right now, we have an entrepreneur readiness tool that we often will work with entrepreneurs on. And there are stages when folks can be incredible entrepreneurs. Uh, I was an entrepreneur before, but I would be a horrible one now. I have a very conservative wife who 
Um, you have she, kids at home, Kids right? at home, yeah. four and six years old, uh, that are very demanding of my time as a, as a time I want to spend with them. And so it's just each person is, is going to have a different style and a different time in their life. And, and for many graduating students, it's just a good time in their life to be entrepreneurs as well. Tony, I want to talk about the uh, investor side of this. And uh, so if you could tell our listeners um, how could they plug in if there are people out there who are interested in investing in these potential blockbuster companies? So how do they do it? We, we formed the Mississippi Angel Investor Network several years ago to try to find investors interested in these types of companies. And part of the value of that is to network among the investors. I mean, there's some misunderstandings. People, we see investors that invest in restaurants and think that's not risky, but high tech is risky. <laughs> and yet you see failures all the time from restaurant investing and similar. Uh, a lot of that education comes from, you know, the term sheets and sort of understanding the industry is difficult to manage sometimes. And so they need someone next to them who's done that before. Uh, one of the things we're trying to work on now, we are working on now to help with that is forming angel investment funds. Uh, having member So basically funds. these are hedge funds, right? They're, 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 they're grouping of the... It, which is what a hedge fund right, is, yeah. Into um, member-managed funds so that instead of – we would always tell our investors – again, there's this accreditation rule. The Securities and Exchange Commission has uh, – you have to be an accredited investor to work really in the environment we're working in. So they have to have a million dollars of net worth exclusive of their home or income if they're married of 300000 or more and the expectation that will continue. So that's so, just a small percentage of our population who would qualify, and that's the reason a hedge fund can get around some of the other regulations. So, the But even in that environment, there's some who qualify who should – who probably wouldn't invest enough to diversify properly. So a fund can invest in eight, ten of these deals, uh, whereas if we told an investor, look, invest in three a year for three years, they're not going to do that. They're going to fall in love with one company. They're going to put their time and money into that one company. And and the failure rate is just so high that you just right. can't afford to do that as an investor. Well, when you say member-managed, you, does that mean that the members vote on what projects they take on? It does, yes. So there will be some management to help in closing the deal terms and finalizing some of the actual paperwork, but the members would vote uh, yay or nay on whether they invest, even yay or nay on whether or not they see the pitch uh, uh, in many cases. So we now have two of those funds forming, one in the Tupelo area, one in Jackson. It'll be a little bit different in the way they're managed, but uh, essentially the members are making all the decisions. So they can put in place more professional help on screening or they can screen them themselves. They can make those decisions. So if there's somebody out there who's really interested in participating in one of these funds, how do they do it? They contact us through our website, innovate.ms is the easiest way, and we'll connect them into either group. Uh, interestingly, Innovate Mississippi, although we're helping form these, isn't actually a part of the funds. We're just helping these organizations with bringing paperwork and, uh, and helping these members form their own funds. So how uh, with these funds, I mean, how much money is in the funds? How much money do individual companies need? Is there a typical amount? And, and how much money are individuals putting in? Is there limits? What's So our, our sweet spot how really in the company is our right? startup economy. I so, want to know. Yeah, it's a great question. So in our, in our sweet spot is really first rounds of outside capital, not mm-hmm. friends, family, and fools. They sometimes add. <laughs> but the... Um, but really, the first outside stranger investor capital, so two hundred to four hundred k typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, now in the app economy, you can do things for a lot less, and we'd always encourage them to do uh, as much as they can for less. But uh, typically, those investors are investing in the first round, two hundred again to four hundred k. 
the funds will be between seven hundred fifty and one point five million. Mm-hmm. But the way those funds work is individual members in the fund can invest alongside the fund. So a million and a half fund might invest just simple math, $150,000 into 10 deals. But individual members can use the same paperwork and invest alongside. So they may sweeten it in a couple of deals, but no, they're going to spread it. Oh, and so that's where they fall in love with these individual companies. Yes, well, before the funds, they just fell in love by just writing one check to one company. (laughs) Um, And that's always the danger in business, isn't it, just to fall in love with something? And, and it's, there have been a couple of unfortunate examples, famous uh, Silicon Valley investors that have made all their bets on one, and it turned out to be Uber or whatever, because most of the time when you do that, it doesn't work out well. Uh, we have, we've had some incredible companies that have done incredible things. And then I mentioned there was a Mississippi-based company that introduced the very first Apple TV, mm-hmm. um, a Bring all internet videos to your living room with a grandma-friendly remote control. Um, and that company, um, uh, awesome company, Cytec Systems, and six months after they went into the market, Apple introduced Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Forced them into a niche and then ultimately into into failure. And it was mm. they had done everything perfectly, raised a million dollars, had the right management team, had an awesome device. Wow! But then Apple comes along, and so any it's it's not that even if you believe in the team, even if you believe in the technology, the investors in this space need to be diversifying their investments. We have got a caller on the line, so we will welcome uh, Dwight, who's called in from Biloxi, into our conversation this morning. Go ahead, Dwight. Yes, I was wondering. I have a prototype of an invention that I have. And I was wondering if I come to uh, innovate uh, Mississippi, uh, would I have to have, would I have to describe uh, my item and how would it be protected or should I try and go to get a patent first? Well, the the first question we'd ask you would be how have you gone how have you gone about protecting this, and we would connect you with intellectual property attorneys to have that conversation even before we. I mean, there's no reason to disclose to us even before you've had those conversations. We okay. would in that first discussion want to talk to you about how do you know the market wants this, uh, what are your competitors' products like, and what is their intellectual property situation. So the very first question in an inventor situation is always going to be around intellectual property and we can talk to you in general about okay how can i you know find i mean google patents is just an easy search mechanism much easier than the uspto so we can give you some little hacks on (laughs) on some things however uh that very first conversation is always going to be about intellectual property now how how would you go about uh getting a uh, patent attorney so we have patent attorneys we can introduce you to for those conversations, but you know who you work with in that environment is very much a match function. So yeah. we would always give you three or four names, and then you'd have to have conversations with them to see which ones you felt the most comfortable with. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, uh, Dwight, thanks for your call. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a personal finance question or if you're interested about the work uh, that Innovate Mississippi does, we're talking today with their president and CEO, Tony Jeff. Give us a call to join the program. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464, or you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're talking a little bit about the Angel Investor Network, and I assume that you're looking for um, angels not just here in Mississippi but throughout the country? 
Well, we, we do work with angels all over the country, but our deals are only in Mississippi. So typically they've got a connection here. They're graduated from here, grew up here, some connection that wants them interested. Although um, you know, the world has become so virtual, it's not unusual for us to have California investors, East Coast investors looking for deals here in Mississippi. Uh, Ten years ago, uh, they all wanted to be next door to all of their investments, but that's really not necessary anymore. Uh, especially in the later stage, not so much in the very first round of investment. By the time to, they're to the venture capital stage, venture capital will invest anywhere. and they don't have to, You don't have to be next door to them anymore. And uh, the other sort of the, the funding that we talked about or that you mentioned was the Mississippi Seed Fund. So if you would tell us what that is all about. So we managed the Mississippi Seed Fund, but it was set up through a state bond sale many years ago, and it has to be matched by outside investors, but uh, it goes in as a convertible note alongside those other investors. So oftentimes when we're engaged with a company and they're needing 200, 300, maybe even 400K, they can get up to 100,000 through the Mississippi Seed Fund. And it's oftentimes just the gets the snowball rolling uh, that a lot of times they can get the 100K from the seed fund secured, but not actually in the bank, but then go out to investors and say, well, I've got this, this will be, you know, really, it won't dilute our equity as much and then get the other investors to come alongside. So what kind of rates are charged on that? So the way it works, it's actually a no-interest loan for three years, no payments ever. Wow. Um, But it's a convertible note. Uh So if a company does have a next equity round, it will convert with a 10% discount into equity Mm -hmm. at that next round. And so what happens is... But but again, the companies we're working with in three years have either gone through the roof, can pay it back in some interim or stage, gone. or they're gone. <laughs> right? Um, it's no collateral, uh, and so that happens. So for with the both companies, companies that that do fail. Where, what happens to that money? It just disappears? It disappears. Um, and it's an unfortunate circumstance of that. And we have, um, I mean, that was, uh, of course, many of those will pay taxes and other things in the interim. And, and we manage uh, in that program to look at the tax years and the employees per year. And some of those companies, even that fail, if they fail after four years, have had significant payroll and paid significant taxes. But that's the way the seed fund is set up so that the companies can repay Although we really like to convert, it depends on the profile of the company. Some of the companies look like they're going to be, you know, giant growing companies and turn more into service industry, kind of flatten out some of their revenues. In those cases, we will get them to pay it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, If a company looks like they have the opportunity to be the next Google or something, then we will convert. Uh, Although conversion is risky. Converting at that point means you're converting into an illiquid (laughs) Undetermined time right. frame stock. So really, the goal is is not to get the money back so much as it is to prompt economic development. That's right. It's to prompt the growth in these to be that seed corn to allow the other investors to to become involved, and and that's really been the success of the program has been to bring those other investors along and notice a deal. It's a crowded landscape, so once a company gets a seed fund. Uh, uh, and the Seed Fund Investment Board will make that decision, then they go, okay, this is a group that's vetted the deal, looks like one that we should be involved in, versus one that's just one of a dozen. We need to take another break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janerson and Ryder Taft, and we're visiting with our guest, Tony Jeff, who's president and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. We've got some open phone lines, so if you'd like to call in and join the conversation today, it's 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. Back with more after this.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Montrejanderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Tony Jeff, who is President and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. It's a 501c3 organization that supports technical innovators and entrepreneurs. So if you have a question about Tony's company and how it works and how you might either become an investor or if you're looking for uh, some some investment money, uh, you can give us a call to find out more about it. Also, we're looking for any personal finance questions that you have. A reminder of our phone number, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email the show money at mpbonline.org. Uh, our the producer, Liz Guild, checked, and we found out that the sales tax weekend is actually the 28th and 29th of July. So Ryder was correct. The last weekend in July, uh, the sales tax weekend that might help a lot of folks uh, uh, get some uh, school clothing out of the way, get some new clothes for their kids. Uh, so that's something that I think a lot of people look forward to every year. Tony, during the break, uh, you had mentioned a success story that you wanted to tell us about. So many people had not heard of FNC out of Oxford, even when they were uh, growing so fast and growing to 350 employees. But last year, they sold to CoreLogix for $500 million and uh, made 45 millionaires out of the deal. So from the employees and investors, 45 Mississippians uh, became millionaires from that uh, sale. Should we give them our cards, Ryder? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Interestingly enough, they continued to grow in Oxford, and uh, one of the founders spun out a little group called Mortgage Trade, or M-Trade, that started with 30 employees from the spin-out now has 100. <laughs> so wow, there's that's yet a another great, little piece. Bill Rayburn, who was one of those F&C founders, took Mortgage Trade or, or M-Trade, uh, and, and now it's growing as well in Oxford. Got some calls to get to. We'll start again in uh, Blue Springs. Walt has called in today. Good morning, Walt. Good morning. Go ahead. Uh, I'm uh, 80 years old. I'm an uh, inventor and uh, have had a number of patents in the past. Uh, one of them was a uh, a um, invention that caused a lot of commotion in the furniture industry. That uh, it's the console between two recliners, and I have a, a number of companies now, three in fact, that uh, I'm looking to just quit business and to get out of and. Uh, probably uh, help someone along to get into what I'm doing and um, looking for money to make these happen. So you're looking uh, for funding to then spin out the businesses? You're looking for someone to buy you out and uh, to take well, over the businesses? Well, one at a time, right. preferably. There's, I have a patent on a method of getting a uh, six-foot-six headroom upstairs in a tiny home which are normally 12 feet high total from the floor up. So uh, that one, that one's starting to get some traction. And uh, I have a business called Barron's Outdoor, which is an established outdoor furniture, high-end outdoor furniture company. And uh, I'm going to sell that off. Uh, it's just too much work for me to handle, but I do have a good warehouse that would uh, 
would go with it, that sort of thing. And I would help someone uh, manage the buying of the frames out of China and uh, making the cushions here in the U.S. in Tupelo, Mississippi. Well, and I think we should visit with you because I think there will be uh, really there's a continuum of those from the earlier stage, maybe candidates to find someone to take over that's a bigger entity that might have the resources to do more with those. Whereas the later stage ones, you may just be looking at you know business brokers to sell or other methods or partners to work with. Um, so I, I'd love to visit with you to talk in the, about those in more detail. We often will know larger entities here in the in the state that might have interest in some of those early stage ones and then we can talk about potential partners on some of those others very good all right uh walt uh thanks for your call so tony how how would walt go ahead and try to get in touch with you uh can call us at 601-960-3610 or from our website innovate.ms or google search will pull us up immediately as well okay all right walt thanks for your call uh, let's move on next. We've got uh, Clay in Meridian. Good morning, Clay. You're on the air, so go ahead, Good please. Good morning. My question is for Tony. Uh, Tony, I, I uh, am working on a venture right now, and I was curious as far as your, your startup funding goes. Um, what what if your venture is not necessarily you're wanting to be the next Facebook and make a bazillion dollars? You're, you're strictly wanting to do this as a... I'll, I'll use this example. Let's say I, this is a pretty far reach, but it could be Summers a charter school um, where you know that there's not going to be, it's not, you're going to try to make a, a million or a, a bunch of money, but you will, it'll be a serviceable thing that would be ongoing and would generate revenue and have a revenue stream. Is that something that your group would still be interested in, or is that something that uh, is better left to other avenues? Well, I think we should we could, should talk to see whether or not we could find connections in that space. If it's a pure social entrepreneurship, it would just be luck whether or not we might know people interested in that particular area, that particular vision that we could connect you with. Uh, and then if it's a business that the idea is not to grow fast, then almost anyone we'd introduce you to would then talk to you about, well, how can we turn this into something very scalable, very fast growing? Because Again, if they're making all of these investments and they know six of, or seven out of ten are going to fail, they've got to have – all of them have the opportunity to be big. But I, I think we should talk because there may be okay. folks we could so connect you to. Be in, in your, I, I didn't want to waste you guys' time, but I, you know, I constantly think about you guys over there because uh, in the past we've had conversations and they're always really beneficial. And uh, I would love to share it with you guys. You guys would be up for it. That would be great. And I think I recognize your voice, Clay, as somebody who's done our startup weekend uh, before. So yep. uh, uh, we came in second last, yep. not last, time before last. So yeah. all right. Well, so congratulations you... on uh, coming in second as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so... I, I recommend Startup Weekend to anybody. That, that's uh, one of the great things that uh, Innovate puts on. You you get locked in a room for a weekend, and you come up with a business, and uh, it really, really is a great experience. That's right. awesome. Thank you. Clay, thanks for the phone call. Good to hear from you this morning. Um, Tony, I just want you to repeat that statistics about um, the number out of 10 that will fail. So really anywhere in the tech space, anywhere in the world almost, uh, if you're going to look at 10 investments, six or seven will completely just turn into a burning hole in the ground uh, fail. <laughs> um, two or three it's will, not a nice way to put it. Yeah, but <laughs> not. two or three will look look. Look like something's going on, but not really have any big return. And then one, 
you know, will be the one that makes all the money. Even if you look at Y Combinator, the big accelerator, a thousand investments, and, and uh, I don't know now, 30, 40 billion in, uh, in value, five companies out of that thousand represent 99% of that value. Wow. It's just the, the way the distribution works, which is why you got to, as an investor, diversify a lot in the space. And it's why, as an entrepreneur, you've got to really work hard to, um, to keep everything and, and to be realistic when you That's go right. into something like this to not expect it will just automatically succeed um you you expect failure and you hope for the best yes well and y'all are starting particularly y'all are starting with ideas and i mean if you think about it i have tons of ideas and i know only you know two or three out of ten are any good if I, I can i can attest to that i've heard them <laughs> Well, and, and I know we've got a caller. I don't want to hold, but it is very important. Part of our process is we don't want anyone to fail, but if they're going to fail, they have to fail fast and fail cheap. Yes. That what yes. you don't want is two years later and a million dollars later to but then that's realize. That's where people you know, get hung up. A lot of people right. into yeah, it. Yeah, with anybody who starts a business because they are they feel like they have given birth to this business, mm-hmm. and so they're not realistic when it's not working to cut it off fast and just say, okay, this is not working. It's nothing personal here. It's just not happening because of timing or space in the market or whatever. And the best thing I can do is shut the doors. And, and that, that very first conversation, we're going to try to identify a death threat to that business, which is if this happened, then you're dead in the water. And then let's go see if that's happening. <laughs> because that's the most important early stage thing to do. And most entrepreneurs can, I mean, strong entrepreneurs are going to run through a brick wall to make it, make it successful. Yes. But we need to early on identify which of those things that will just be you know, serious death threat to the business. We're visiting on Money Talks this morning with Tony Jeff, President and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. You've got a question for Tony. You can give us a call. Or if you have a personal finance question, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Next up, we have Michelle in Meridian. Michelle, you're on the air, so go ahead, please. Good morning. Good morning. Um, if, uh, say, your parents have passed away and you've inherited their house and you're going to sell the house, there's no claims against the house or against the estate, uh, What do you have to pay a tax on that money from the sale of the house or is it an inheritance or how does that work? Well, there won't be an inheritance tax if uh, if it's under the inheritance limit. Somewhere in the $5 million range. Per person. So, okay. Okay. So that will not be an issue. Um, and if it's inherited, you should inherit it at a new cost basis, meaning whatever the value was of that home on the day of their death will be the value that you declare. And the difference between that and what you sell it for will determine whether you had a gain or a loss. And that will be what you pay tax on. Okay. So that is to say probably very little tax, uh, especially unless unless the value of the house like tripled in between the time of death and sale. That's that's highly unusual. And because it's property, it's not like there's a hard and fast number that you're dealing with on a cost basis on the date of their death. You're estimating that. Okay. And do you do that from what the uh, tax records show or or how? No. It would be an appraisal. Uh, An appraisal would be, you know, a little more scientific, a little more formal. But I don't way know that you it. have to do but that. I, that. I don't think that's required. And so you can, you know, you can look at, at comparable sales, and you can say, you know, if I sold it three months after, you know, three months after the the death, then 
that was probably pretty close to what it was worth at the time of death. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your call, Michelle. We need to take one final break this hour. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Tony Jeff, who is president and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. Back to wrap up the program after this break. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Tony Jeff, who is President and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. Uh, Tony, before we go back to the phones, you know, uh, earlier I think Clay had said something about he didn't want to waste your time. But the impression I'm getting is that you would encourage people uh, that have an idea to try to arrange a meeting. And and very early on, you can determine whether it's sort of in your wheelhouse. And if so, go with it. If not, you might could give them some advice on where they might go. Uh, That's exactly right. I think having done this and worked with companies now all over the state for more than a dozen years, we can almost always find them a connection here, even if it's not exactly in our wheelhouse. We can find someone that has a similar interest or could be a potential partner. And even in an industry like retail, restaurant, service industries, where we're not really the primary one for that, there are good, uh, really great contacts around the state, some great incubators, small business development centers, the MDA, which is a big partner of ours, the Mississippi Development Authority has an entrepreneur center and connections all over the state. There are other folks we can find to help them, even if we're not the best fit. All right. Very good. Let's uh, head back to the phone lines. We've got Khadijah calling in from Hattiesburg today. Good morning. Go ahead, please. Good morning. I I love the idea, and money does talk, and I'd like to um, make a request. I've got a couple of of business ideas that I've been developing over the last 10 or 15 years. But after moving to Hattiesburg, I really would like to try to move them forward. Can you tell me who in my area... I might meet with that, that I can further the discussion that you're having on the radio, or do you come to that area, and can I sit down with you to, to have that discussion? What would be my next step? 
So we do work statewide and are in Hattiesburg quite often. However, uh, you have an advantage of having a tremendous small business development center in Hattiesburg. Um, it's located at the um, Trent Lott Center for Economic Development and a lot of other things. It's got a very long title. Uh, and uh, Rita Mitchell is the uh, SBDC, Small Business Development Center, counselor in Hattiesburg, and Rita is tremendous. Uh, so I would call on her first. However, uh, we would also you know, be happy to speak with you or visit with you in person, but uh, – she is a tremendous resource there in Hattiesburg, easy to reach right there on Highway 49 at USM. All right. Rita, Rita Mitchell. Yes, and it's uh, the website is something like sbdcms.org, but if you – Rita Mitchell okay. is her name. It's Small Business Development Center, SBDC. Uh, we'll pull okay. up uh, – I, I, I might even can find it here real quick, but the, she's, she's a great contact there in the Hattiesburg area. Okay. And she's got the same information that you've been sharing this morning. Well, her focus is on broader business development. If it is turns into be a technology or innovation deal, she may send you to us for more details. But uh, she would still be a tremendous uh, resource. I did find okay. her number here on my phone quickly, 601-266. I don't know how that's possible. It's 601 uh, 601-266. No, that's right. That's Hattiesburg. 601-266-5892. <laughs> All right. Five, eight, nine, two. right. Thank you so very much. All right, Kadisha, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting with Tony Jeff, President and CEO for Innovate Mississippi. Tony, earlier we heard mentioned uh, the Startup Weekend, and I think you said that there is one coming up in the near future. Tell us about that and the details. So we do have a Startup Weekend coming up September 22nd through the 24th on the Gulf Coast. It's only the second Startup Weekend we've done on the Gulf Coast, but it's our 15th overall Startup Weekend we've done in the state. It's going to be held at the USM Gulf Park Campus at the uh, Ballroom, which is just a great facility. We really like to do these in in the dead of winter where you, you no reason to be outside and that facility you can I, see I the beach. I hate to tell you the yeah. Gulf Coast in September is not the dead of winter. That's all right and you can see the beach from that room. <laughs> However uh, it is the coolest event we do. Anyone with an idea pitches that idea on Friday night to 50 or 60 people. Anyone who likes the idea joins a team and over the course of a weekend with a lot of Red Bull, a lot of coffee, uh, develops a minimally viable prototype interacts with customers about how they feel about it and by sunday night it's pitching to investors and, and judges oh that and sounds like fun by monday we're working with them to raise money and do some things we've had uh some companies come out of those events that are really tremendous companies and uh that's september 22nd through 24th uh we actually have a discovery luncheon which is kind of the more business focused uh, event earlier that day on the coast in the same facility and then our big conference is coming up in october october 17th through the 18th where we will have our normal technology innovation conference and a special focus on women in STEM and, and uh, technology so that we're going to have a whole afternoon session on women in STEM uh, as a part of that conference as well. So um, how is Innovate Mississippi funded? So we're, we were set up years ago through a state. The state studied how other states were doing this and came up with a model to be a nonprofit. So we're not a state agency. We are not-for-profit, but we're partially funded about 25%, some years as much as 40% by the state. Uh, we also go after lots of other grant opportunities and have private sponsors here in the state, mostly events, and things like that are privately sponsored. And then we have some general private sponsors as well. 
Uh, one other part of the uh, of Innovate Mississippi deals with mentors, and I know you know in all walks of life it's important to have someone who is more knowledgeable that can kind of give you guidance and that sort of thing. So tell us about the the mentorship program. We try to connect almost every company to a mentor, uh, and the mentor's roles, and we're always looking for more, uh, can vary from I'll give you an hour to, hey, I'm looking for something interesting, and if this works out, uh, we've had mentors become the next CEO or, or CFO of, of different ventures. So we're really always looking for mentors, and especially all over the state, because as big a state as we are, and you know, it's just a spread-out state, to have mentors that aren't all in Jackson, is a, we really need more of them on the coast. We need more of them uh, in the Delta region. Uh, and pretty well covered in the university areas, um, but the coast and the Delta in particular, we need more mentors because every we feel like you know that is also a matching relationship so sometimes it takes two or three before the right mentor relationship clicks for someone but we try to introduce every single company to a mentor and we could always use more but i guess that's kind of a win-win situation because the the, the people are getting the expertise of the mentor but i think it p- probably helps re-engage or keep engaged the mentor and, and he keeps them excited about things it does absolutely and we find that mentors are bringing their experience and knowledge but also learning about you know, a lot of our um, young entrepreneurs in particular are bringing new technology solutions into an existing industry, and so that combination can be really powerful. And then also I think you have a speaker's bureau, so tell us so if you would a little bit about that. So we're always, you know, it's interesting. We publish for years a quarterly magazine, now an annual magazine, goes 20,000 homes in Mississippi. We speak at every opportunity, and yet there are entrepreneurs around the state who don't know what we do. And so we're always looking to speak to any civic organization, really any time uh, folks will gather, and we can speak about you know, generic trends in technology or specifics of what a startup needs to do or the innovation ecosystem in Mississippi, depending on the audience. But uh, oftentimes in the civic environment, it's 80% entertainment and 20% education uh, just because we want to keep them entertained long enough to actually get to that education piece. All right. Got about a minute left. So if someone is interested in, in trying to get in touch with you, what, what sort of homework do they need to do? What do they need to come to the table with? So there is a very simple intake form for entrepreneurs on our website that basically allows us to prepare for the meeting, for the first meeting. But we would ask that folks not really have to prepare anything except answer those basic questions. Have they taken care of intellectual property? What industry are you in? What are your known competitors? Because a lot of times that, you know, if we wait till people have a pitch deck, they may take them a year to, <laughs> to to finish that stage. So we'd rather engage with them early, share our thoughts, and there's really no preparation besides just telling us, you know, the basics of what they're interested in. All right. And then finally, uh, if someone's interested, what are the best ways to get in touch with you? Our website has an easy portal through the intake form if you're an entrepreneur or a mentor uh, or investors uh, as well can click on there and learn about us. Uh, Our phone number is 601-960-3610, but just innovate.ms or Google search finds us every time as well. All right. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks. Uh, so thanks to Nancy Luttridge-Anderson, Ryder Taft, and our guest, Tony Jeff. I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.